Hello, class, and you are listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education where every week, two lifelong friends gather to re-watch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon Hey Arnold. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and my lovely co-host is... Not from the state of Kentucky. My name is Michael. <laughs> you are not from the state of Kentucky, and neither am I. Um... But yes, today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 8, Sides A and B. Uh, Before we dive into that, uh, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher. So be sure to leave a rating, review, especially if you like what you hear, um, so other people can find us. Because we are uh, incognito, kind of. Not entirely. People kind of. Some some people out there know we exist. Stoop kids. People know me. (laughs) I, we're kind of a big deal to kind ourselves. Of a big deal. We're not. We're to, no, to we're ourselves no, and a dozen people we're not, that we're, are mostly our friends. We're, we're no stoop kids pod, but they're they're very nice. They're very you know very gracious folks. There's no uh, there's no gatekeeping among the uh, Hey Arnold podcast community. I think Love we're the them. only two that are like currently actually still doing it. So that's cool. But yeah, I mean, if you want to follow another Hey Arnold podcast, uh, Twitter, Instagram at PC One Eighteen Pod. Michael's been doing a great job of reviving it, regaling it. So uh, look there to hear more of us being uh, silly, goofy goobers. Um, and we have an email, too. It's pc118pod at gmail.com if you want to fight with me. And Sean will relish that opportunity to fight. He's a he's, he's a fighter. I'm waiting for it. I am a fighter. <laughs> um, so, yes. Speaking uh, of fighting, the, actually. Yes. Talk to me about fighting. Okay, real quick. Um, So, our, our one quarter of our, I'd like to say we're, we're essentially like in a bromantic quadruple. You have, you'll hear about couples and throuples all the time, but you don't hear as much about quadruples. Um, so, mm, Theo, mm. who's a member of said quadruple, sent me a tweet about last week. Said, hey, you guys should talk about this on the pod. So, talk about the pod, we shall. I know we've alluded to... Uh, the Disney cartoon recess here and there. There are definitely are some parallels and commonalities uh, being, you know, some folks who worked on Hey Arnold slash Rugrats went off and created recess. Uh, some mm. of the same voice actors between both shows voicing some of the kids. So this tweet uh, originally tweeted six days ago by Ox God uh, at Ox God underscore. If a gang war broke out, between PS 118 and the third street school, which school wins? And then uh, the person who replied to the tweet, which is the tweet Theo uh, sent me, said, not going to hold you. I love recess, but hey, Arnold had curly and chocolate boy was a crackhead. (laughs) This is a good question because PS 118 implies the entire school, which means we get the fifth grade some bullies. Yeah, you get the bullies. (laughs) But if we're talking main cast, mm, that's a better con- question. Yeah, I still, then it, it gets difficult. I mean, I still it's easy. I mean, Spinelli obviously would put up a big fight, and I think TJ's a master planner. I think much. I think he's m- much better. I think TJ's a better leader than Arnold. Um, yes, Gretchen obviously very smart. Yeah, Gus. Gus with the military strategist uh, lineage. He's a, he's an army mm-hmm. brat, and I think there is like a episode of Recess where yeah, that side of him comes out more, and he you know we sh- we show that he's got got some backbone. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Honestly, I think Spinelli solos the entire I think so. PS1 team main <laughs> cast. Like, I, I don't think there is a question. It's the, it's the we warehouse scene. All of P- yeah. It's the warehouse scene from Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't think Arnold can fight. No. I don't think... I don't think Helga can fight more effectively than she does like a stationary target like Brainy. Mm -hmm. I don't think Gerald wants to fight. Harold backs out easily. Mm. Phoebe does not want to. She tries to negotiate. Like I think, I think PS one eighteen tries to be diplomatic, but gets their asses beat instead. Yeah, they're they're all far too introspective to even like put up a decent fight or you know have stand even a modicum of a chance. So. Uh, yeah yeah we're going against ourselves here but we're being real i think we'd have to give give it to ps1 uh sorry third street elementary elementary yeah yeah curly does make a difference though curly and chocolate boy do make a difference (laughs) because if we dangle the proverbial carrot dipped in chocolate in front of chocolate Mm. boy and says if you beat all of their he could take the kindergartners out at the least we could send him send him uh to take out the kindergartners yeah let loose mad dog chocolate boy yeah but i don't know if it's a factor enough i think i think podcast i think (laughs) i think ps118 is too soft i think they're too soft i think so i think so the inner now the inner city loses to the suburb to the suburbs in this one that's (laughs) that's not usually how it goes it isn't how it goes but yeah Wow, what a what a to borrow another. I'll continue to simmer on it. Yeah. I'll continue to simmer on it. To, bo- to borrow another uh, Anchorman reference, that was a compelling and rich. TS up. Uh, who who are we cast? Yeah. Who are we casting today? Who who? What role are we trying to fill up in the yes. live action Netflix <laughs> uh, project? Hey Arnold, one to one remake, shot for shot, like Gus yeah. Psycho. That's what we're going for here. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, for for the listeners, we have been gotten we've gotten into the habit of like doing a fan cast, right? Of who we would bring into a live action portrayal of these characters, including side characters and one time one off characters uh, of Hey Arnold. Um, and considering side A is all about Mr. Green, Mr. Green is the first person we're casting. Uh, I don't remember who started last week, but I'm gonna start this Please. week because mine might be sillier than it's <laughs> and fine, less it's thought. Fine. It's fine. Um, I think Jason Siegel could make a great Mr. Green. Okay. It would be a, it would be a little bit of a different take, okay. but I could just see him being so happy being buddy but all of the other butchers and not knowing that there may or may not be a <laughs> uh, a plot sure. <laughs> against him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether or not it's the immediate birthday celebration okay. or um or whatever happens in 3 weeks <laughs> at the conference. Um, but I also think that J- Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear fame looks like Mr. Green a Jeremy little bit. Clark- I'm going to Google that. I don't know. <laughs> I was picturing another person entirely, but let me see. And that's entirely based on this guy could look good in the role. Oh, he looks, yeah, yeah. He, put, <laughs> he looks put like him, he could be a Mr. Green. Put him in the, yeah, just put him in the little... Uh, in the apron and everything in his smock yeah the little the cute little hat he wears the butcher hat the entire time even when he's wearing his like you know send his his birthday suit ultimately yes, yes exactly <laughs> um and that's who came to mind okay at least this on a first pass for okay. mr green yeah this one was hard because again this is like the first time we actually like spend a little more time with mr green other than him like offering arnold rump roast like Big ass rump roast for the Mickey K line baseball. Mm, so yum. on voice, on voice alone, I decided, Harvey, like it was like a, sh- a lightning bolt 
uh, light light bulb moment for me. Harvey Firestein, Firestein would kill. Well, I think he's the only person I can think of who just talks like that anyway. Uh, so he was, for those of you who don't know, Harvey Firestein was Robin Williams's brother and Mrs. Doubtfire. He was like in the first third of Independence Day. Um, but in animation circles, he is Yao, King of the Rock from um, Ulan, which had its 25th mm. anniversary today. So how fitting. He often plays very kind of like extroverted, uh, like more like kind of flamboyant characters. Mm-hmm. Mr. Green, ultimately a little more understated. So I also think John Goodman would totally kill it because John Goodman is one of those guys who's I've, I haven't seen everything that he's done. But anytime I see him in anything, I'm yes. super dialed in and like, he yes. can, you know, he, we know he can do it all. He like he came up, he cut his teeth in Roseanne and then like mm-hmm. all the Coen Brothers stuff are mm-hmm. still very relevant right now with Righteous Gemstones. Uh, yes. And I think John he, could, Goodman he could pull is- that off so good i love so john goodman good. yeah i would cast him in every adult male in this show you give, just big, more big bob because he can be scary he could be scary as fuck he could just gut it his walter subcheck energy oh my god duh has the yeah. whole world gone crazy like yeah, all that stuff v scary yes v scary <laughs> oh my god uh but yeah, so side A of this episode, like we said, is all about Mr. Green. It's called Freeze Frame, the original air date being October 15th, 1997, written by Joseph Purdy and directed by Tuck Tucker. And in this episode, Arnold and Gerald go around the city following pork pie, in air quotes, a mysterious man caught on film that they filmed and pursued. They suspect, because of the clues, that pork pie and some uh, some goons are planning to kill Marty, who turns out to be... Mr. Green. Mm. And before all of that happens, we see the smoothest launch of a human into a pile of leaves. <laughs> it's, it's immaculate. <laughs> I what, like it's Harold Harold like catapults <laughs> Sid, who is wearing not Sid, sorry, stinky, even more impressive, stinky from a from a yeah freaking seesaw into the pile of leaves at the park in like a one or yeah. everyone just frolicking and having fun i did like the, ep- the opening of that a lot <laughs> strong opening and it's enough force that <laughs> stinky gets into the air from standing and is able to go into the dive into the pile of leaves it's a full it's, on it's a full assassin's creed leap of faith man <laughs> it's 100 percent an assassin's creed leap of faith and it just means that Stinky is a lot more athletic than he lets on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that comes back for us later, but I hope it Perhaps. does because I want more athletic Stinky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're 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 just they're just filming, I guess. <laughs> they're just making making movies on their little camcorder. <laughs> their Purdy Vision camcorder. Yeah, everything is like Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. Yeah. Purdy's like the Yamaha of this of this particular mm. episode. They just make everything. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a quick question know. about yeah. can I quick question about this? Do you like Stinky better? Does he look cooler wearing you know his bike daredevil hel- helmet or his like Illuminati hat? Bike helmet is cooler. Huh. Illuminati hat is more iconic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right on. Fashion answer. statement. Fashion statement. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what was not in fashion was that computer program. The <laughs> weird dude. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was like what I imagine and what I remember the HUD on like Putt Putt to be. Yeah. Or like Spy Fox. Or like those games where it would be like, make your own clip of Batman the Animated Series or Spider Man the Animated Series. Like, 
you kind of stitch your stuff together and it's like a very super bare bones uh, editing software. But the thing here is like, this seems to have been coded by Arnold himself because why else would there be an icon of Ruth's head in the top right corner? Yeah, and his head on the top left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's a there's a certain keystroke and they just come and come together and meet in the middle and they kiss. Kiss. Yeah, that's like the progress bar when he's like rendering everything. Gross. They just get co- closer and closer. Gross. Pixelated lips are puckering. Arnold is a weirdo. <laughs> he is a little weirdo. You can look at the tape on my computer. Um, sorry. This were this wasn't that much of a hate Arnold episode. I just like to shit on him. I also love that they just call him pork pie because he's wearing a pork pie. Yeah. <laughs> it's very on brand. <laughs> but I can't believe. Like I I feel like I don't know if I don't know if we've seen enough of them to decide if Arnold and Gerald are foolhardy or if they are inherently mm. averse to risks, mm-hmm. but going and investigating what this person left in a tree seems like something I would not do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I, I don't think I would do it if I caught it on video I, and no. wanted to go and check this. I, I like just put my hand on the wrong tree as a kid once and I got like sap all over it and that, that, no. that was too damn risky. It was interesting, honestly, like granted. Okay. So we are, not only are we watching these episodes every like week to week consecutively, but we're watching it with like adult level attention spans. So for me to like to go into this one immediately following Hookie, which is also like a Gerald yeah. and Arnold and Gerald thing. It's 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 weird to you know where they're both episodes they are at the mercy of their collective overactive imagination imaginations. Yes, this one's just mm. not as entertaining to me. I think maybe mm-hmm. because just the last one was just like their paranoia and like how how much you could like mine that for humor, like their paranoia about themselves. You know, here it's just like yeah, it was moody and I get it. It was like a mystery thriller and everything. I'm yeah. not the biggest fan of that genre anyway, so maybe that like the the barrier for entry is a little like steeper for me anyway. But yeah, yeah, just not like I didn't. I always, you know, I'll always sit and watch this one top to bottom as a kid. What else am I going to do? But yeah, this definitely not isn't one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I feel like if they would have leaned into the film noir in the same way that they did with oh uh, ransom, ransom, maybe yeah, that's why. Ransom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it would have been able to stand on its own. But like, yeah, I mean, the the only highlights from this episode are all the like euphemisms. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what makes this episode take them off go. the menu. Rub, yeah, yeah. rub him out rub him, is rub him out rub, actually a, rub, a euphemism for killing somebody <laughs> no it's not a euphemism for that is okay. what it's not no um, but yeah did you get the gun did you get the gun <laughs> and, angry... and there's a rope so we can really hang him Dude, high what like <laughs> they believe so Arnold and Gerald believe pork pie and slick and by the way slick looks like Harold and Eugene put together I just realized on yes, this yes. go around um, so they believe that they they're going to kill Marty numerous ways, which all take a lot of effort. They think they're going to shoot yeah. Marty, stab Marty, hang Marty, and explode him. <laughs> <laughs> explode him. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I just, they projected yeah. the, their thoughts on they, this. They, they, they needed, <laughs> you know what? No, they wanted, they just needed content. Okay. They needed content for the camera. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, just like absolutely. any good. This, it this, for, this, it was for the YouTubes. This projected like that, you know, the the true the true crime armchair sleuthing of of today. I think 
Yeah. Those people who like, no, you need to watch the security footage. Humana, humana. Like this girl didn't enhance. She, she was killed in the hotel. She didn't actually like drown in the tank thing. Um, Which there's also a very good uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode. Oh, really? About <laughs> murder docs. <laughs> what about murder docs? Also, okay, okay. Yeah, it's oh, also please. the home to uh, like two or three or seven or nine uh, really intentionally terrible Rob McElhenney doing impersonations <laughs> of Borat. Um, oh, I'm sold, really man. Okay, text highly me, recommend. Text me I'll the send name you that of episode. this episode later. Okay, cool. Thank yeah, you. it's called uh, <laughs> Dennis Reynolds Making a Murderer. <laughs> It's oh great. It's uh, really good. And I'll say no more than that. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, this episode is one that you can like sprint to the finish yeah, on. Yeah, like, you really can. Uh, I like that Marty was well-dressed. I'm the only Marty I know is very cute. I'm the only the Marty super I know. Threatening. <laughs> well done. Thank you. My God. That was the first time. Um, I was genuinely terrified when the party started and like the Bro. lights were all fucked. Like the, like, like, the, <laughs> like the carousel figure. It was like a mermaid and a pony or a horsey. Like just... Yeah, and we that. got inverse jump scared because, like, the second the lights turned on, it was, like, from malicious to, like, happy and kind. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Rewinding. Please. The the carousel was going, like, 90 miles an hour, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> enough for, like, Arnold and Gerald's hair to be, like, there was like back. There was, there was a speed blur. <laughs> like, too fast, was too, fast too furious. Or <laughs> a speed, speed wobble, speed blur. But, yeah, and that that that's it. Surprise. Someone is not getting murdered in a TV show called Hey Arnold. Showed <laughs> at like what 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 time? Four p.m. Something like that. Yeah, four p.m. Something like that. Yeah, for kids to watch on Nickelodeon. It's it's a it's a birthday party surprise. But Michael, I do have to ask, what do you what do you think happens in three weeks at the convention? Oh my gosh, they're really gonna get them this time. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna call a a woman of the night to his hotel room. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you think they're gonna split him open like a coconut, <laughs> or like turn him into Swiss cheese, or make him into a mailbox where you open the slot and it's put a, whatever they want inside? A lot of esoteric uh, euphemisms. They're gonna set him up on a blind date with Sabrina from the taxi dispatch. <laughs> oh wait, that's cute. They have the same. They have I, the same color hair. I wish all the best for you. Marty and Sabrina. Chili dog. That's a good. Oh, those are good names together. Marty and Sabrina. Yeah. Marty and Sabrina. That's super cute. Car sixteen. This is Sabrina. You sound exotic or something. We're gonna. Yeah, you want to get a uh, chili dog? <laughs> <laughs> this also shows that Arnold doesn't have good impersonations all the time. No, no, no. I was gonna say, yeah. Again, like kind of like a fall from grace. The continuing the fall from grace from the last episode. The, he can't Maybe do that's ladies. the Harold. Yeah. His uh, inconsistent skills as an impressionist. <laughs> <laughs> even well, even Gerald had his turn. Too. It's uh, it's 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 Reg or whatever. Like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I know you told me it. They tried. Times. They did their yeah. best as as junior sleuths. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, we. You and I both are here for side B. So yeah, we are. Let's just I, let's just flip, like, flip the rec, flip the tape let's over, turn the record over, okay, okay. Uh, and get right into Phoebe Cheats, cool. which shares the original air date, October fifteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, written by Danica Ivanchevich and Antoinette Stella, directed by Tuck Tucker, wherein this variation of the Telltale Heart Phoebe plagiarizes from a poetry mm. boot and uses one of the poems as her entry in a poetry contest. She wins, with her prize being a trophy resembling poet Emily Dickinson, 
Then the trophy haunts Phoebe. That is the episode. And it's a great one. <laughs> Into confessing. It's but I, I, I feel like leaving that out was nice. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so let's quick. This is our first like Phoebe solo adventures, Phoebe centric centered episode. Um, yes. We really get to see another side to, you know, again, like Helga's, Helga's lieutenant, Helga's uh, kind of best friend foil, if you will. I almost, I mean, I kind of want to even just like, I feel like I'll just say my nominee as like a formality because I already want to give it up to yours. So, ah, thank honestly, you. Honestly, like that's, that was a genius stroke of genius uh, casting. Um, thank so you. I initially, uh, act, especially after having seen her in a recent, or she's in like a couple of American born Chinese, uh, but I thought Rosalie Chang might do good. Uh, she was the voice of May in uh, Turning Red and hey, uh, mm. you know. Still, still a teenager right now. Um, she actually, her character in American Born Chinese was wearing glasses at the time. Very outspoken, very intellectual. So I figured, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good Phoebe. Uh, but again, I'm already ceding to yours. So tell tell him who got the part. Like who's it? I appreciate that. Sight unseen. I don't know how to. I don't know which pronunciation of Andrea, 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 it is. Mm-hmm. But Andrea Bang gets the role of Kim's convenience 100% fame of Kim yeah. convenience fame. Yeah. Uh, she plays all, like not exactly the same character in Kim's convenience, but kind of similar. And I think can share a lot of the tropes, but bring a little bit more like sass to the role. Mm, mm-hmm. And w- when I think about specifically this side of Phoebe, where interestingly enough, like a couple uh parallels to Olga in a lot of ways, um, I think that she would be able to bring a really fun performance out of Phoebe and also have a really great mental breakdown about being haunted by an Emily Dickinson. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I want more of her on my TV screen. Yeah, she's great. Not going to lie. She's great. She's phenomenal. She's so funny and and witty and and enjoyable to watch. Yes. She's, She's Phoebe in my heart. Big fan. I, yes. I love her. And, but it's also sometimes hard for me to not picture her older sister, uh, who, has just like mm. probably one of the best like attempted we're gonna have sex but where it does nothing actually happens uh scenes with seth rogan in the interview uh diana yes. bang yeah yes so handy but yeah the bang sisters i did them. not connect that they were siblings <laughs> but now you know so good what? Oh, now yes. you andrea know. bang yeah give her uh yes. give her some of that netflix money appa's already got iroh in the bag for avatar so why not why not another cast member absolutely we are sold and we will be casting for the statue and ghost of emily dickinson later in a bit Um, we'll save that until we get there cool cool so um can i yeah i think can i can i get into my yeah my my anecdote for this um so i don't recall ever having plagiarized anything but and you were privy to this i have cheated before but my hand my hand was forced um oh Tell me more. Well, do you remember? It was junior year, finals week. It was our AP US history class. Uh-huh. Remember, we had that we had that system where our teacher like basically like drip fed us the questions from the final as our like yeah. entry activity each class or whatever, and we had like a packet yeah. to like study from. So by that point, it was kind of dumb. It was like we were all in the clear, like we'd already finished our exams and stuff, but I totally blanked that I had lent my my packet to a classmate of ours. I didn't think twice about it. I must have just been super checked out. And he's like, oh, hey, Michael, here you go. I'm like, oh, shit. Michael. Oh, 
Which, okay, honestly, okay, and you, you kind of, you kind of, you're teasing my ultimate conclusion to this story here. So anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what I was, I had a very oh Neptune moment, you know, um, and like I'd studied the wrong packet and everything, so I was like super, like I was panicking so hard. So then I just, I don't know, man, I, I wasn't super slick to begin with, so I think I just like tucked it into like my jacket or my hoodie, and I was trying to look or whatever. Yeah, dude, it was such a trip. I got caught you know, trying to copy the answers from the, from the study packet. Um, our teacher and like our principal took me into like this small, super small, what was essentially like a utility closet, but it was like a tiny, tiny room slash office right next to the classroom. And I just remember everyone staring at me like, my God, Michael, what have you done? And even they were like, my God, Michael, what have you done? This is so unlike you. Da, da, da. So like, you know, whatever I took, I took the F on the final. And I mean, it, I'm sure like I probably finished the class with either like a really high C plus or like a B minus, but like, it's cool. Cause I got a five on the exam. So what ifs? <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, to which, okay. So that's also being saying the per, the particular student, um, who I lent the packet to out of the goodness of my heart. He was, he was a prickly fella. Sean, is it, can we just, can we just name drop them? Is that okay? Or you can his, name drop. His name's fun to say. It. Um, his name was Chakris and Sean, am I, am I exaggerating at all by saying that he was basically like the real life version of Curly for our grade? Yeah. To avoid going too far into disparaging somebody. Yes. He was, Uh, he was Curly. I like, I'm pretty sure there was a lent pencil that was chewed down, sharpened down to the, to the bone. Like one of the curlyisms definitely happened at this person's hands 100% yeah. like 100% he was he was perennially like angry kind of just like on a hair trigger very eccentric fella um yeah that's that's I mean, we don't have to go too far into it but it just felt like oh my god that's totally who he was we just yeah. didn't know it at the time but anyway oh, so we'll bring this up to yeah. we'll bring this up to k offline yes Uh, i think she'll agree with yes yes 100 um yeah i think this actually has my favorite helga poem up to up to date yes cowlicks like fields of yellow corn all the days of the week i write the name i dare not speak the boy with the cornflower hair my beloved and my despair banger track honestly honestly like banger yeah like (laughs) there i would even argue that it was better than the plagiarized poem yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is why, like, it comes back around, and you know, like, yeah. Phoebe relents and gives Helga her flowers, although anonymous. Um, Stinky again. Stinky is sort of the secret weapon of the last few episodes. Yeah, uh, just comment. He's like the Greek chorus, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's he's been of... driving some punchlines, yeah. and it's it's great. I love seeing Stinky <laughs> utilized. He's one of my favorite, I guess, of like the, I guess, the side side mm-hmm. characters, if you will, purely because he has this wisdom about him that just doesn't showcase itself all the time. But when it does, it's great. But also the like, like deadpan, oh, he's so country and he's just <laughs> saying something back to us is also really good. He's a great character. Shot through the heart by the words of a beautiful poem. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? You're slinking down so far in your chair, you thought this might have been your pole. (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe you're so good at stringing them words together, Phoebe. Yeah, like, it's better that we don't, like, do it word for word. I like like our our vague recollections. It's so good. (laughs) 
lines. <laughs> because the way he speaks is almost like a vague recollection of himself anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so good. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Again, I, I said it before, but we get a really great side of Phoebe in this. I love cocky Phoebe. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, perfection is, is my life, Phoebe, because... <laughs> For one, I think it's really uh, something that a lot of like Asian Americans can relate to. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, but for two, like just the way that she speaks about things, and like you can kind of see like just a little cracks form, yeah, in, like even the, at the top, the glass. Even at the top, she's like, "I think it's good when my contemporaries succeed." <laughs> contemporaries <laughs> see success. Yes, yes, yes. There it is. <laughs> so good, and then just like literally losing her shit like like losing her shit i have to be perfect i can't i have to be perfect (laughs) so good and like it's a solid theme right like phoebe is portrayed as like a strong critical thinker like in the traditional sense good at all the subjects Mm -hmm. and struggling to develop or succeed in a creative context which oh yeah i I guess through the episode we see that she has an interest in poetry like she she wouldn't have the book if she didn't Mm -hmm. um seeing that the creative is maybe not as much of something that she emphasizes as the others is again goes right back to that asian american household right like Mm. you need to survive and do well in the empirical subjects and not so much the feelsy subjects and uh i don't know it 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 comes across as a whole package uh, yeah metaphor in this episode and i Mm -hmm. I think it's fun to see it kind of like blown out 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah wow um man that, that just that just hit me well i guess uh, okay yeah let me let me springboard with like a more like earnest take and then we can pivot to like the what of the episode yes um yes. yeah and, and yes. i do appreciate how ultimately her arc in this episode does not get like wrapped up tightly in a bow like miss she confesses obviously to mr simmons that she cheated and plagiarized and even Mr. Simmons doesn't, like, spoon-feed her, like, hey, like, this isn't, like, who you are, like, you know, if, like, without winning, being the best, who's Phoebe hired all herself? And she's like, you know, I'm honestly not sure yet. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. really freaking sobering. But I do like the honesty of that. Mr. Simmons mm-hmm. shows up this episode. Yeah. Like, I know we're jumping towards the end, too. But, like, I think the, I guess, talk that he gives Phoebe feels appropriate it mm-hmm. feels like it's enough of like a take it seriously this is not something you should do but like this is how i want you to spring back from this right yeah yeah and like i think it's a literal it's teachable great. moment like, very good yeah have her write a poem about you know i forget exactly how he phrases it but like these feelings mm-hmm. of not feeling like you are need to be the best at something like, what lesson did yeah. you learn uh-huh. and show that in a poem like she's capable and he knows yeah. she's capable and i yeah. love that yeah let's just go let's go right into uh her winning the, 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 okay for sure her winning the statue for sure for sure and so that's please. yes <laughs> uh well i do like the sort of dark demented in terms of the genius of jim lang so here i just like the sort of demented uh like kind of demented slightly off kilter harpsichord stuff we get all throughout the this episode. It's like, dun, yes. Dun, bam, num, num, num. 
It's very like, but kind of like, oh, you messed up. Exactly. Very much like taunting. Yeah, there you go. There you know something's going on. It's like that. That the darkness of like Amadeus. If you've ever seen that, your dirty secret, Phoebe. Oh my God! Yeah, Amadeus. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. Let's just let's just talk about the the ghost slash spirit slash statue of Emily Dickinson. Who, yes. All this, so, my, who I always forget is actually American. I just naturally assume she's British, but now she she, she seems like she would be she British be, with the yeah. last name Dickinson. Yeah, Dickinson. Um, there we are. That that face, the face that pretty pretty genius, <laughs> genius, genius, genius play to not make this an anthropomorphic statue. True, 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 true. I think it was the smartest decision and makes it that much more menacing <laughs> yeah. because they use light and they use shadow. Dutch tilts. Really, Thunder really flashes, effectively. Thunderclaps, yes. lightning flashes. And just the blankness of the fucking yeah. face, Michael. Like, I <laughs> am obsessed with statue Emily Dickinson. I'm just going to send you, which like, I pulled a bunch. Yeah. Like, the, the reel for this episode is just, no matter what we wind up talking about, it's just going to be picture after picture of Emily Dickinson. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> with a hard part yeah. through the center of yes. her hair and everything. Yes. Who told you that you can write poetry? Cheater! 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 <laughs> Cheater. It's like it's malicious. It's yeah. not even teasing. It's no, just no, like no, no. being an absolute asshole to Phoebe, <laughs> which she deserves it. Absolutely. She's got her own shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. If we're talking about hate Phoebe up like episode moments, uh, she wore her day clothes to bed. Why? Um, she she bathed in the onsen she, in her in her fencing regalia. She bathed in the onsen in her fencing regalia. What? She also gets some really good like the the hey Ar- I don't even know how how we need we need to describe these like when hey arnold says blatantly what you did wrong and like reminds you of it yeah, yeah, yeah. like when she's fencing george takei and <laughs> i know full well how honest you are my, my little treasure oh my <laughs> so funny i didn't know it was him until i like looked it up it's so good but yeah those are the those are the main hate phoebe moments mm-hmm. While we're talking about uh, Demon from Hell, Emily Dickinson, <laughs> do you have a casting in mind? Uh, sure, sure, sure. The first thing I could think of, and I haven't even, this is just based off of like memes I've seen because I actually haven't I'll seen type her in, in anything yeah. just yet. Um, I was going to say Mia Goth. Oh! Yeah, and I've heard nothing but good things about like Pearl and uh, X and stuff and i've heard her i've seen her there was this uh like press junket she did and somebody you know it was just like oh what would you be doing if you didn't work at uh if you weren't an actor and she just says in like she has that like like kind of like off kilter like high raspy lilt to her voice too she's obviously british but she's like oh i don't know i think maybe it'd be a fun idea for me to work in a bakery she's so good she is one of those people that's not Uncanny Valley, but gives you the same feeling yes. as Uncanny. I yeah, just looking oh at my her. God. Just looking at her. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm not gonna go on this tangent because then I'll talk for like six hours. But um, for the viewers, I'm a massive horror movie and horror anything junkie, and Mia Goth is a treasure. I could watch the monologue that she gives in Pearl 
on repeat for at least two hours. It's so good and unsettling. And if you haven't seen that, Michael, you should watch it. I, like, I, I do want to. I do want to. It's very, it, it is very, very good. I'll give you my Prime account. I bought it. Ooh. Oh, okay. Shoot. <laughs> um, take that. Thank you. So you wouldn't mind yeah. if she was haunting uh, you through a through an Emily Dickinson statue for like days at a time? Absolutely. Not. Okay, cool. Um, I went the comedic route. Okay, sure. I think that this would be hilarious to have like a Kristen Wig. Oh, dude, Kristen Wig. <laughs> I think it could be a really good one. Or if you wanted like hot sexual tension, then Aubrey Plaza. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like a little more I like think, anachronistic. Yes. Yeah. I think that both of them could give you the like seeds of doubt in yourself and like force you to, you know, <laughs> confess your crimes. Yes. yes. Um, in two very different ways, but there are also two actresses that, you know, if they weren't in this part, I think they would have a part in this show anyway. Yeah, we're going to find a place um, for both of them at some point. These are all really good ones. They're three different takes. They're, you know three what? No, no. Really different takes. But, I mean, it's a voice only role, so we could, like, you could slot each of them in because there is an arc to the Emily Dickinson statue. Like, it's like, it starts off a little like, hey, like, it's a little insulting at first. It's like, hey, like, what made you think you're so good, huh? But then <laughs> there's ones there where she's a little more unassuming, like, where are we going? Do I need a sweater? <laughs> God, about Shut that. up, you stupid that statue. That would be so good as all of them. Oh, my I God. Just blends okay, so them. What we need is, yeah. we'll need the three of you to give us a line read. Okay. Um, send it to pc118pod at gmail.com. You'll be our first emails. They did that. Yeah, we, we're waiting on our submissions from... Uh, well, we, you know, we already know we can reach out to Aubrey Plaza at Evil Hag, um, which is still we my, my favorite social media handle of any celebrity. <laughs> um, it's a great one. Yeah, it is a great one. Um, but yes, we will have to fight over who gets that role. She also has a lisp, doesn't she? Emily it's Dickinson. Kind of like a lisp. Yeah, yeah. She's voiced by it's Carol. It's like a soft lisp. Yeah, very just like subtle. It's Carol Kane is the original actress, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. her in like Kimmy Schmidt, but I know she's she's been in tons of stuff. Big Broadway yeah. person. But yeah, she's got that going on. But yeah, so Phoebe tries to uh, get rid of this motherfucker uh, in the best place you can hide it, in the sandbox <laughs> in the kids' area of the playground. A kid immediately <laughs> belly flops. Into, yeah. <laughs> so good. I love a good, well-placed wee. <laughs> no one says it. Like, it's not Nobody says a wee thing. in real life. Nobody says that in real life. No. Like... <laughs> It's only used in this context yes. to be like, look what the comeuppances of someone having casual <laughs> fun. And let's make sure you know that they're having casual Sometimes fun. Sometimes it's both. My The thing that comes, the most cringeworthy use of wee for me is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when Grandpa Joe and Charlie <laughs> steal the fizzy lifting drinks and, you know, <laughs> wee! Like, it's bad. It's bad. It is bad. <laughs> Nightmare. Oh, Lord. Um, then, yeah, um, I mean, the, the thing flies out of the sandbox. <laughs> they immediately know that it's part of Phoebe's trophy. <laughs> and it just goes right back into her It's room. a durable trophy, though, man. Like, you can't really tell what it's I made of. It. Without the base. Yeah, without the base. And it scuffs whatsoever. So it's, like, totally supernatural. Oh, it's... It's definitely possessed. Um, I was thinking about this as I finished the episode. Excuse me. <clears throat> Do we think that she's channeling Phoebe, that is, mm. channeling her internal voice and criticisms through Emily Dickinson? Or do we think that she's thinking Emily Dickinson is criticizing her? Because I can't, 
I can't mm. really tell. It doesn't seem like something Phoebe would say to herself. Like, it doesn't seem self-deprecating enough. Hmm. I mean, I think it's definitely an embellishment. I think it definitely, it serves as an avatar for her. Already, she's, she go, she comes in hot being really insecure. And, um, again, finding that her position as sort of the, the top, the high achiever in the class being, like, slowly usurped and everything. And, you know, she's mm. off her game. So, I think she was just in a very desperate place this whole episode, wrestling kind of with... Her expectations of herself, the expectations other people have on her. While we're on that subject, I have a hate principal warts, uh, which generally could be just anytime principal warts opens his mouth. But anyway, just principal warts with the condescending microaggression. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes. You know, putting Phoebe on the uh, pedestal as the model minority. uh, So, you know, oh, nonsense. We're all proud of our multicultural students here at PS118. Say, where are you from, Miss? Kentucky, sir. Like, well... Let's just uh, make sure you make Kentucky proud. And then they put in a gong, right? When he says Kentucky in the background. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be fun to cast yeah. warts. Yeah. I'm waiting for like, I'm waiting for like a warts. Yeah. Like central warts episode. There has to be that. a really No, there's, there's going to. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a couple. Might not be until like the fourth, third or fourth season, but it's okay. It, it'll, it will, we'll okay. get there. Yeah. We've got the momentum. For sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's worth mentioning again that uh, Mr. Simmons is a massive W in this episode for me. I think that the lesson that he imparts upon Phoebe is one that, um, you know, if there were continuity that all the episodes led to lessons that the characters, you know, layer into themselves over time, I think this is one that would stick with Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Um, does it? I don't remember. Maybe she cheats again <laughs> later, but yeah. <laughs> <Nah>. um, <laughs> Solid, solid teaching moment. Yeah. Well done, Mr. Simmons. Well done. And sorry, Helga, for having your uh, <laughs> your poem read again. Putting you, putting you on the spot and everyone. Anonymous. <laughs> Nobody, there are no other, well, there's like a blonde, there's like a boy, he never has any like spoken dialogue, but there is like one blonde kid in their school. Other, so, but yeah. other than that, Arnold's the other only one. Other than Arnold. Yeah. 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 That, it always makes me want blue corn tortilla chips for some reason, like the boy with the cornflower hair. Blonde people want blue. <laughs> no, oh, blonde people okay. in general, but the phrase, especially the boy with the cornflower hair. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Fair. I think, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> me too. I, me too. I wish that, not to say that Freeze Frame wasn't a good episode, but when you put it next to Phoebe Cheats, it's. It's a very stacked deck. You just can't wait to get to Phoebe yeah, Cheats, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you can. <laughs> yeah. Whereas next week, I'm very excited. Uh, yes. This is probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole season coming up. So, mm. so yeah, well, uh, next week, uh, which you can, again, just research the order on Wikipedia, go on Paramount and find the requisite episode or watch on the DVD. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Mud Bowl slash Gerald moves in well he moves out and then he moves in somewhere but anyway the one where gerald moves into the boarding house uh in any in any event yes so very very stoked for that another very seminal mm. inside joke from our high school group of friends in that one but yeah yes. let's see here excited uh, for it yeah, yeah let's think about some morals let's think yeah let's do some morals um the mr simmons moral of freeze frame don't go sticking your hand into uh random trees in the park yeah <laughs> Yes. Leave. And if you do, don't. Don't. And leave the <laughs> crime just, just solving don't. to the don't. actual detectives. Don't do it. And have better euphemisms than rub one out. <laughs> Sorry, rub him out. 
Sorry, rub him. They're gonna off. They're Sorry, gonna... <laughs> finish him off. Sorry. With with both hands, with Marty in one hand and his <laughs> other hand in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the moral is don't stand next to Phoebe cheats is what the real moral is. Um, and the moral of Phoebe cheats is don't use Chad GPT, everybody. Uh, yeah, don't, bring it, bring it home. Don't bring it use home. that or any AI for anything other than a thought starter. You need to build on top of those things. Let it start it, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But don't let it finish the job because then you're a cheater. And I hope cheater. Emily Dickinson haunts you. Cheater. And I hope it's not Mia Goth or Kristen <laughs> Wiig or Aubrey Plaza because they will haunt me <laughs> and not you. You will have you'll They're gonna rub have, him they're gonna rub his yeah. Sean out. They're, that's what they're that's what they're gonna do to him and his You're sleep. gonna have Marty haunt you. That's what's gonna happen. You're gonna have to watch Hey, why'd you steal that poem? on repeat? Yes, and then you get the title card of Phoebe Cheats, but then it resets <laughs> you and get, rewinds. You get Rickrolled back, Rick back to Freeze Frame. <laughs> yes, and it doesn't give you the stinky launch either. Oh, that's what happens. Wow, we like that's how bad that's how bad it is when you cheat. Like it gets yeah, you're edited fucked. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! With Arnold's shitty editing software, <sighs> McDougal Cut Pro. Yeah, go fuck yourself. He probably Sorry, called it. He probably aggressive. he probably calls his laptop like a McDougal book. That's how obsessed he is. If he had a laptop, that's very clever, Michael. How <laughs> long you. did you have that one locked and loaded? Like ten seconds. Okay, well done. Thank Even you. better. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing it with me. For um, sure. But yeah, so in addition to those two morals, we would like to uh, humbly remind everyone that, as well as not putting your hands into things you don't know and not using ChatGPT. You should also never eat raspberries. Cheater.